0: It's that time again, fellers, as Jock Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks.
1: How are you guys doing tonight? You're listening to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Myself, Ryan Moreland, will be joined Richard Pyle, Peter Diapala, Amos Conway. We're going to talk everything from Week 17 uh, as well as uh, discuss some some Black Monday proceedings as it's come to be known. Um, Feel free to call in. Uh four zero five five six two fifty four sixty three or text in at seven seven nine four eight. We'd love to hear from you Um how we doing tonight, guys?
2: Doing great, doing great. great. Doing
1: great.
2: How was everyone's how's everyone's uh New Year's? Everybody, everybody uh party enough or they get enough beer or what? Well, I didn't drink at all. I uh for <laughs> your came into town so I picked up at the airport
3: and have to hang out with them, so they're out here, and I'm happy to be around
1: them. I agree 100 percent with what Amos just said. Too much.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know some people they're still hungover from uh, New Year's Eve already. Uh, so let's go ahead and get I'm into this. We're sure already running, running behind on time. <laughs> uh, Peter, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take the floor on your rant tonight.
3: Mine is about the New York Giants, and it was officially announced that Tom Coughlin would not be returning for next season with the New York Giants, and while Tom Coughlin might have been sort of like a harsh, tough coach, the players really didn't play for him this year, and to me, it was a disgrace to see them out there kind of playing selfishly. I'm talking to you, Odell Beckham Jr., okay, or JPP, before the season started blowing his damn hand off, but the fire was in and wanting all this money. When you're missing fingers, give me a break. You know, this team, Tom Coughlin does not deserve to coach this team because they do not respect him. And I'm just over the I'm over the New York Giants with Tom Coughlin because it's been four years since they won the Super Bowl. This guy has helped coach team the team to the two Super Bowls, and they played like garbage this season to repay him for his last season in New York. That is just a travesty. And I hope Tom Coughlin, if he retires, I hope the Giants, the players, will at least apologize for their atrocity of the 2015 season because – There is no way in hell I'd ever want to coach that team with a a team full of players that only play for themselves.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I agree 100%. I I don't know what was going on with the Giants this year at all. I know, you know, I thought the whole Ben McAdoo promoting, you know, giving him that second year with offensive keys or whatever would change everything. And Eli really didn't have that bad of a year. So, I mean, I I think it was just more or less, you know, this – It was kind of like a Steve Spurrier moment, in my opinion, that he just kind of had enough of it and said, I've taken this team as far as I can take them four straight years without a a playoff win. Uh, So let's get into these games. Uh, Amos, the uh, Texans 30, Jags 6. They win the AFC South. They are now the fourth seed. You want to give us a recap on that one?
5: Yeah, uh, actually a little disappointed in, in the game, not the result, but just how it was played. I thought the Jags kind of came out, and, and it appeared that they just gave up. I mean, Jonas Gray was their leading rusher with 23 yards, and I don't know, I, all I can say was great game from J.J. Watt. He had three sacks, a forced fumble. i um, pretty sure he recovered a fumble. Uh, Brian Hoyer also did well, 249 yards, touchdown through the air. Alfred Brew, Blue ran hard. DeAndre Hopkins had a decent game. And I just, to me, there was nothing positive on the Jaguars' side of the football. Just uh, the pick six and just didn't do well. I was a little disappointed in the playing of the game, but the result was as expected.
2: Uh, Ryan, Steelers 28, Browns 12. Steelers get the sixth seed.
1: Yeah, Steelers came in knowing that they had to win and that the Jets had to lose for them to get into that sixth seed. Um you know, and when you're in that kind of situation, you can only do uh, what you were in control of, and that was when this football game, and they came out, and they did. Um, you know, they this score kind of makes this look like it was uh, a le- less close than it actually was. the The Browns, uh, if they could have finished off drives, uh, probably could have won this game. It was um, closer than the score implies. I think the Steelers have a, an amazing offense. Um, a very very good offense very tough to to stop all the weapons they have but they're need to gonna they're gonna have to find answers defensively if they want to make it far in the playoffs as far as the browns i mean they're complete yard sale as we've seen they're starting over from scratch uh for like what the 30th time in the last 15 years so uh but you know probably the, the Steelers uh they did exactly what they had to do to get in, so they should be happy with themselves, but they need to retool that off or that defense if they want to uh make it to the uh Super Bowl this year.
2: Peter, Bill's twenty two, Jets seventeen, all the Jets had to do was win this game. What happened?
3: Well, as I said last week, Rex Ryan had a chance to run the Jets playoff hope yet again, but this time as an opposing coach. And he did just that. For the fifth year in a row, the New York Jets are not going to the playoffs. All things to Rex Ryan. And, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick with three fourth quarter interceptions, that's just, it's inexcusable. Um, I was really disappointed to see that because I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick would would, uh, make Buffalo pay when he went back to Buffalo back home. But it looks like Rex Ryan has the Jets number. But give give credit to the Jets. They hung until fall season. Todd Bowles took over a team that, was really lacking, I thought. Town in some positions, he acquired some talent on the off season, had a winning record, and did all this right in before the season. His starting quarterback got punched in the face and was uh, only played in one game this season when he had to come and fly in for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you know, again, Rex Ryan ruins the just playoff hopes. The Bills finished eight eight. The Jets finished ten and six. A pretty good season. I think the Jets must look forward next year to work on what they uh, finish the season next year. Starts.
2: Amos, Dolphins 20, Patriots 10. I wrote an article on what's wrong with the Patriots. If you've not checked it out, uh, go to jockjournal.com. Uh, let's hear what you have to say on this one. Uh,
5: Patriots, I thought they would go for that home field advantage and try to wrap it up, and I thought they would come out with a really, really good game plan to kind of get things going. And it just didn't seem like they did that. I seemed like they were just hoping to get up at the half and have a little bit of lead and be able to put in their backups and hope their backups, you know, went in and did the job. Because in the second half, they definitely slowed down the tempo and just kind of seemed played at a very casual pace. But Ryan Tannehill had a good game. Patriot secondary made him look like he was a top-five quarterback. Had 350 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Devonte Parker showed up. I'm glad that he's actually getting used more. I was a big fan of him when he was at Louisville. I think he's a good receiver. I think he's going to be very good in the league. And it just, I think the Patriots were just kind of resting and sent back. And uh, the Dolphins won and good. I mean, good for them. But uh, I just don't think there was. Uh, it was a good game, just not much merit. Ryan. Colts
2: 30. Titans 24. Zach Bettenberger still has not won a football game. What's going on in
1: Tennessee? 0-10 as a starter. You nailed it right on the head. Um, you can't get any worse than 0-10. That's as worse as it can get in a 10-game stretch. Awful to start this season. Uh, I wrote an article actually about this, going back a little bit on jockjournal.com, about how awful he has been. Um as a starter, and you can you know every time you can bring up all the stats, which is, it's just off, which atrocious. His numbers, his QBR, is in the toilet. You know, it's it's something like in twenty, it's in the twenties. Uh, he doesn't complete passes. He's not overly overly accurate. He has more career interceptions than he does career touchdowns uh you know unbelievably how poor he's played and people bring up all but he's had he's been on a bad team he hasn't you know he hadn't got a chance well, so is Mariota and look at Mariota's numbers you know he's thrown for way many more touchdowns less interceptions um with more chances uh in his career than Mettenberger's had more attempt passing attempts um but the numbers like will tell the story, and Mariota's also done something that Mettenberger has never been able to do, and that's win a football game. Uh, unbelievably poor performance in this. They actually took him out, brought um, Alex Tanney in, who put on a pretty good drive, uh, so that might be the, the end of Mettenberger in uh, Tennessee, but actually was, as a Titans fan, hoping that they would lose this game, just get that first overall pick. There's no reason to win this here. Uh, you know, who are we trying to impress? Um, but the Colts, uh, you know, they have a lot that they need to figure out, you know, with the whole Chuck Pagano thing, which we'll talk about later.
3: Is he a All bummer? right. Uh, uh, Do you... you call Mettenberger a bum?
1: Mettenberger is, like, the king of bums, like he is the bummiest of the bums, the mayor of Bumville.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Go ahead and take us out of commercial, Ryan.
1: All right, you're listening to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Uh, stay tuned, we got some great stuff for you coming up as well. You know, we're going to talk about the Black Monday proceedings, so keep listening.
4: Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back now. You hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm hmm. Good and terrible. How would you love to
6: generate a great income from the comfort of your home? Well, now you can. This amazing, money-making home-based business is designed to give you time and freedom. Would your life change if you made $10,000 within 21 days and $20,000 plus every month thereafter? Sounds amazing, right? Anyone can do it, even you. Call 800-704-8681 and let their expert staff tell you all about this brand new business opportunity. Why wait? You have nothing to lose. We have the tools, training, resources, and community to help anyone get on the fast track to success. Call 800-704-8681. That's 800-704-8681. It's the easiest, most powerful home-based money-making system on the web. Call today and change your life.
3: Donate your car today.
0: One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. one 7 cars for kids Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. one seven cars for kids K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. 1877 cars for kids donate your car today Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit JockJournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At JockJournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's JockJournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go, and it's jockjournal.com.
4: Okay, the boys have settled down. One has a beard in and the other has a stake on his eye. Why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think?
1: Alright, you're listening to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. We're back. Uh, feel free to call in at 405-562-5463 or text in at 77948 uh, as we continue talking about the games from Week 17. Uh, Peter.
2: Bengals 24, Ravens
3: 16. Um, well, I wasn't surprised about this game, to be honest with you. I thought that uh, I thought the Bengals would win um, based solely on the fact that they were playing the Ravens. Um, I, I believe I picked them to win this game, and AJ McCarron I think is quietly doing doing a pretty good job up in Cincinnati. I don't think he gets the amount of credit that he deserves. Uh, you know he has got a lot of talent around him. He's using them in the right ways, the way <clears throat> the ways he should be using them. And that's for the Ravens, you know it's just a disappointing into a disappointing season for them. It's, you know they they only they only won a handful of games this season. There was a lot of high hopes I think before the season started for them, but all these injuries I think completely derailed their season and. Dash our playoff, hopes. what was left of them?
5: Uh,
2: Amos, Redskins 34,
5: Cowboys 23. Yeah, if anything, this is just a tune-up game for the Redskins, making sure they were everything was uh, working correctly going into the playoffs. I mean, Kirk Cousins was excellent, 12, 15 1,574 yards, three touchdowns. But really, that defense did really well. Four sacks, two interceptions, a forced fumble. And really, on the Dallas side, Kellen Moore threw for 435 yards. He threw for three TDs, but at that point, it was too late in the game. Darren McFadden's fumble in the end zone was probably the biggest thing in that game. Could have gotten Dallas back in it, but Redskins get out of there with a win.
2: Ryan, Saints 20, Falcons 17.
1: Yeah, This was a a game that was was fun to watch. It was actually one of the better games, I think, of the day. Um, it really went back and forth and came down to the wire, uh, you know, in this division. The Falcons still haven't figured it out, uh, you know, and we, I think a lot of us, uh, last week predicted they would have a big game, you know, a big offensive explosion since they're playing a division rival. They haven't been good, um... You know they haven't uh, haven't played well offensively, and then they're playing the Saints who have played awful defensively. So I think uh, we all expected a big game, and then they came out and you know more of the same. Matt Ryan can't get the protection he needs. Uh, you know overthrowing the ball, can't get it out to uh, to where he needs to. Just not playing uh, at the level that this offense should, given the talent that's there. Uh, as for the Saints, played really good. You know, we've heard about Drew Brees having this, like, plantar phasor or whatever it is in his foot, the same thing that um, that Peyton Manning had. And he looked phenomenal in this game at, at times. He really played well, did enough for his team to win. Uh, they should be happy, you know. And neither of these teams are playoff teams, but they should be happy uh, with this win, you know, heading into the, the off season, because who knows what the Saints are going to look like next year.
2: Peter Lions
3: twenty four Bears twenty. Um. Well, disappointing to see the Bears lose another game this season, but I think both of these teams, despite you know their records this season, have shown improvement, and um, they should be proud of the job they've done, no matter what the record is. And I think you, I think we'll be seeing both of these teams heading in the right direction. Uh, possibly, I think by next year, you know, depending on who they bring back, whether short, I think Jim Caldwell, still the big question mark, if I'm not mistaken, and um, yeah, that's that's what I think about there, and then in Chicago, Jay Cutler, I think, had a pretty good year, despite um, what I thought, and maybe many thought before the season started, about how he would be, and I think, you know, again, both of these teams have a lot to look forward to, um, but give it up to the Lions for winning this game, and both of these teams have a lot to work on, but the NFC North could be pretty competitive, I think, heading um, over the next couple of years. You could see this division getting really, really heated and probably going down to the final week between three teams.
2: Amos, Eagles 35, Giants
5: 30. Uh, yeah, Eagles went out there and played great after Chip Kelly's departure. Bradford only missed eight passes. Murray even had a decent game and uh, almost 70 yards. Zach Ertz just absolutely destroyed the Giants. And, I mean, Eli had a pretty good game, 24 43 302 uh, really could, Nobody really got open for him. I thought Odell Beckham would bounce back and have a huge game against that Eagles secondary, but he didn't. And I think that guy that most impressed me most for the Giants in that game was Rashad Jennings. I mean, he just had a heck of a game. This was, a, if you hated defense and you just want to see scoring and some big, drawn-out plays, this was the game for you. It was probably the game you watched. Uh, the pick six was probably the, my favorite play of that entire game, just as something actually happened on the defense. And, you know, good job to the Eagles.
2: Ryan, 49ers, 19, Rams, 16 in overtime.
1: I actually got a uh, text in right here real quick before I get in from Washington, D.C., uh, I would have loved to have Seattle come here with Cousins as hot as he is. Uh, that would build our confidence later in the postseason. Um, if I was any team right now, I would hate to see Seattle on the schedule, to be honest. Uh, but heading into the 49ers-Rams, I think this is a game that a lot of people didn't watch because there's no playoff implications Um you know, anybody on the East Coast, they're playing out in the West Coast. But this ended up being a really good game. Really hard-nosed battle back and forth. Uh, the Rams had a chance to win this game, lined up for a field goal. It was blocked, and then the 49ers went down the field, got the field goal of their own in overtime, and ended up winning it. Uh, very exciting game, very fun to watch. Blaine Gabbert, has, he was a lot better than we gave him credit for. I remember the show that we had right before um, he came on. Uh, he came into the 49ers team and me and Peter and Rich are all talking about like oh this is such a stupid mistake this is so dumb you're going to bring Gabbard in you're not going to win another game uh, we were kind of wrong he, he has played <laughs> a, better than he hasn't been good uh, but he, he's been okay um, they ended up getting a, a win here which meaningless in this but uh, but it was a good win for Gabbard. good uh, um, for his confidence uh, where are we at here?
2: Panthers 38, bucks 10. Peter, what went on? You know, Panthers
3: get the one seed. Well, congratulations to the Panthers for getting the one seed. And I think Cam Newton locked up the MVP with his performance in this game. Uh, you know, he had 45 total touchdowns this season, but I think the game, I mean, Tampa Bay was definitely going to be um, outmatched in this one for sure because when you look at you look at a guy like Cam Newton and that, the way that team plays, you know they're going to bring it week in and week out, and they beat the Buccaneers by four touchdowns. Cam Newton threw for two and also ran for two himself, too. So um, I definitely think that he's definitely putting himself. I think he separated himself from everyone else for the MVP, in my opinion. Um, statistically, he had a great game. And then you look at the Buccaneers, you know, what, Damon Swinston, 29-7, two picks, 325, 325 yards. He did throw for a lot of yards, um, but obviously no
1: touchdowns.
3: Uh, he didn't throw for a single touchdown. He did rush for one touchdown. And then Doug Martin struggled to run the ball. Actually, the, the Buccaneers as a whole struggled to run the ball. Um, Doug Martin, 15 carries, 48 yards. Sims, four carries, 15 yards. And Winston, three carries, four, 14 yards. And, and a touchdown, though. But uh, give credit to them. But I think, I think Carolina, you know, that one loss to Atlanta, Amos called it. I think it was just what they – I think that was a, was a wake-up call for them that they needed to maybe step it up on defense a little bit. And that's what they did in this game. Their, their defense stepped it up. And Cam Newton played lights out and watched out for Carolina in the playoffs because Arizona stunk up the joint yesterday. So Carolina is probably the most dangerous team in the NFC heading right now just based on what I saw yesterday.
2: Speaking of dangerous teams, the Red Hot Chiefs 23, the Raiders 17. Amos, what happened there?
5: Yeah, no surprise in this game. Kansas City comes out, and to me, the biggest storyline on this was Kansas City's defense. They were all over Derek Carr, had six sacks on the day as a defense. Uh, they picked him off once in the end zone, I do believe, and uh, also caused a fumble. This defense just playing lights out, which is what makes this team so dangerous. My question is against higher-tier teams now in the playoffs, is that offense going to be able to put points on the board? And for Oakland, I mean, mediocre game, uh, Crab. Tree and Amari Cooper combined for five receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. And you just got to do better against a team that's obviously going into the playoffs. Even if they are in the wild card spot, they've won a ton in a row. And, and you know, going into that, you got to play better. And Charles Woodson, his last game in that game, he had, I do believe, six tackles and one assist. So he gets sent off with a pretty decent game. And you know, just want to thank him for all the moments he's given us throughout his NFL career and college.
2: Uh Ryan Broncos twenty seven, Chargers
1: twenty. Yeah, what an unbelievable shocker of a game. I think everybody thought that the Broncos were gonna move right over the Chargers. Um and that's not what happened. Brock Osweiler really struggled. A lot of turnovers in this game, uh, for him. And then the big story of the night is, you know, he comes out and in comes Peyton Manning, who we haven't seen in a while. Uh, and he come out, and I, I hear people talking about how well he played, and uh, and if you think that, then you obviously weren't paying much attention to this game. I don't think he played bad or anything, but he didn't do much more than hand the ball off. You know, he, he had very little amount of attempts. Uh, the ones he had were, uh, you know, short in a passing game. This really didn't uh, answer any questions about Peyton Manning. Uh, she did demonstrate the intelligence um, and I think he is the smartest football player to probably ever put a helmet on, but that's not what was ever questioned about Peyton Manning. We we're questioning his uh, throwing arm, his ability to pass the football, and those questions still remain. Uh heading into the playoffs, um this was a game that uh you know, that the Broncos should have won handedly And this has to be in the back of their mind heading into the playoffs. uh, Might affect their confidence because they did not play well against a very poor Chargers team.
2: Uh, It's highly, it's extremely rare to see a team turn the ball over five times like the Broncos did in the first half and win a football game. Do you stick with Peyton Manning or do you go back to Brock Osweiler? You stick with Peyton. Is that what everybody? Is that a consensus I'm getting?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely Steve. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, you have to. Oh, okay, what you, you heard of it here. like right, like we said before, it was gonna be Brock Oswald until Payton was ready to come back in even, even at the the
1: playoffs. Exactly.
3: Uh, I agree. Peter, Seahawks
2: thirty six, Cardinals six. We just talked about how badly they looked. I uh, you know, maybe they were seeing the score on the on the jumbotron there in Arizona. So, well, Panthers are blowing out Tampa Bay. We're not going to get the one seed. We might as well sit everybody.
4: Yeah, I'm not really sure
3: that anything to do with it. But, uh, you know, obviously Carolina got the top seed, but Arizona really just stumbled the joint. You know, Uh, the Seahawks beat them by 30 points. The only touchdown... um, Arizona managed to get it was in the second quarter when Larry Fitzgerald caught pass from Carson Palmer. After that it was just the Seattle show and it would have been a disappointing game. I watched most of this game because I was um I was at my girlfriend's grandparents' house watching it with her grandfather and we were flipping between this and the Chargers Broncos game. But we mostly watched this one. Um until until towards the end, but Carson Palmer didn't look like himself. He was making some pretty questionable decisions. Uh, one of them was when he threw a pass, I think it was to Josh Brown. And there were three Seahawks defenders. Um, just in, just behind him, and he threw it right where the defenders were, and they couldn't pick it off. And I don't know what was going. On. I don't know if Carson Palmer was playing confused or what was going on, but Arizona didn't look good. Um, but you know, don't I wouldn't worry about them because they, they're still one of the, the better teams in the NFL. And one loss won't affect anything. But right now, I think Carolina is the hottest team heading into the playoffs. And as far as Seattle goes, Seattle's playing really good football right now, and there's a chance they might make their third Super Bowl appearance in a row. By the way, they're playing right now. They're playing scary good football.
2: Uh, Amos, last game of the night, uh, the Vikings beat the Packers but a score twenty to thirteen. Uh, Packers got to go to Washington. Vikings, as we know, host Seattle on a wild card weekend.
5: Yeah, um, I thought Minnesota would win this game, and that almost start with Minnesota's defense because that defense has been playing really very well, very sound over the last couple weeks, and they did it again in this game. I mean, Rogers had a pretty big game, two hundred ninety almost three hundred yards. He threw for a touchdown. And, I mean, he almost threw for another one, if not for the Xavier Rhodes interception. And that secondary made plays when they had to. That front seven kept pressure on them, uh, stopped the running game. And on Green Bay's side on the defense, just, I don't know, not enough. Because Bridgewater only threw for 100 yards. Peterson only had 67 yards rushing. And it was a really good game. I thought it was, to me, it was the best game of the night. It was back and forth. There were a lot of old moments, like, uh, you think something's going to happen, and then, Defense stepped up, made made a great play, or the May, Mason Crosby with the strip and the Green Bay recovery on Cordell Patterson on the kickoff. I mean, it was just it was a very good game to watch, and I thought it was game of the week after watching all the other ones too. And doesn't really surprise me. Minnesota beat Green Bay. I think they've earned it, and I think they've been playing better football.
2: And that wraps. <laughs> Wraps up all the Week 17 action. Uh, we're going to take our last commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the Black Monday, the, all the firings and changing of the head coaches. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. Ryan, take us out.
1: Yeah, you're listening to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. We'll be right back.
4: Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back now, you hear? Ha <laughs> ha, that boy's good. Mm-hmm, good and terrible.
6: How would you love to generate a great income from the comfort of your home? Well, now you can. This amazing, money-making, home-based business is designed to give you time and freedom. Would your life change if you made $10,000 within 21 days and $20,000 plus every month thereafter? Sounds amazing, right? Anyone can do it, even you. Call 800-704-8681 and let their expert staff tell you all about this brand new business opportunity. Why wait? You have nothing to lose. We have the tools, training, resources, and community to help anyone get on the fast track to success. Call 800 704 8681. That's 800 704 8681. It's the easiest, most powerful home based money making system on the web. Call today and change your life.
2: 1 877 Cards for Kids. K A R S Cards for Kids. 1877 cards for kids. Donate your car today.
0: 1877 cars for kids. K-A-R-S cars for kids. 1877 cars for kids donate your car today also on the web at carsforkids.com that's cars with a k we're a recognized 501c3 charity organization so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction what's more you'll receive a free vacation voucher of 3 days and 2 nights 1877 cars for kids K-A-R-S, cars for kids one 1877 cars for kids Donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit JockJournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At JockJournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's JockJournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com
4: okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a steak on his eye why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think
1: all right we're back here on the free parking show on jock journal radio uh, we're going to get into some of the what happened on here on this Black Monday so far. So far. Uh, but before we do that, feel free to call us at 405 562 5463 or text in at 77948. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions, especially heading into these uh, the coaching changes. You know, it's that time of the year, everything's going to get crazy. Um, so we'll go like team by team here on a couple of these uh I'll tell you, you know, what we got and then let's have everybody like uh give us their opinion We'll start with the the Miami Dolphins here. Miami Dolphins of course fired their their coach Joe Philbin uh a long time ago. They are it does seem like they are going to give um Dan Campbell a chance to interview for the new job. Mike Shanahan is actually down in Miami right now interviewing for this job uh, that's so that's interesting uh, what do you guys think about this and uh, what do you think about Mike Shanahan going down to to take the interview Stay
3: hey, uh, really I good you know good and I know that team Oh, I you know it, I know RG3 has some blame to take for what happened there but you know I wish they away from Mike Shanahan. I just don't know what he would do to that team, what if he would do to that roster. Because when I look at it, I just don't know if he is the kind of guy you want coaching a young quarterback. If he, Him and RG3 didn't get along. Now, obviously, I think that that's a little bit of a different story. But I just don't know if Ryan Tannehill would, would last very long in the league with Shanahan or Shanahan's going to kind of – Put him in a position to get her like he with RG3. I just don't trust Shanahan's track record. The only time he really did well in the NFL is when John Elway, John, John Elway was his quarterback, and then after that, he was mediocre. Some seasons had some good seasons, but I'd stay away from him, and I wouldn't even want to touch him.
1: What about you? Yeah, and I'm gonna. I, I think
5: Shanahan would be. I think. I think Shanahan would be a great fit. I think he would go there, and I'm not comparing the two by any means. But Ryan Tannehill and then John Elway take out the arm and obviously John Elway's insane football IQ and they kind of have the similar skill sets with what they can do offensively and with Lamar Miller there and the rookie they had out of Boise I think that team could be very dangerous with Shanahan as their head coach
2: yeah I'm with Peter on this one uh Shanahan kind of destroyed the Redskins franchise with a whole RG3 debacle on the the knee injury I I think you might want to look elsewhere I think one of the hottest uh, head coaching names you know, that you're going to see is either Adam Gase or Josh McDaniels, but that's just my two cents on it. Oh, uh, uh, and uh, somebody just posted in our jock journal – oh, hold on. Somebody just posted in the jock journal uh, – our jock journal uh, chat room that uh, Chuck Pagano is safe for now.
1: Um, we're going to get to the, the Chuck Pagano. We'll see. Uh, but as far as this, I think the Shanahan's actually a good fit here. I'm going to go with Amos. I like this um, – I like this, uh, you know this move. I think that Mike Shanahan's uh, a really good coach, uh, of course. And I would argue that Dan Snyder is the one that ruined uh, the Redskins, and and nobody else. Um, next, we're gonna move on to the other one that we've known forever. Uh, my team, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans, of course, fired their general manager Rustin Webster earlier today. Uh, they had their interim president. Um, he was, you know, dropped the interim title. He's going to be our full-time president now. He uh, Earlier today, he said that there's 14 coaches that they are going to interview. First, they're going to figure out who their general manager is going to be and then start interviewing coaches. And they are also going to allow Mike Malarkey to interview for the spot. Um, I would say that Malarkey is on the outside looking in with all of the talent uh, especially at the offensive coordinator position that there is in the nfl right now what do you have to say rich
2: i you know you gotta hate me but i still think somehow some way chip kelly's gonna be the next head coach of the tennessee titans just because it's marcus mariota i know that uh ian rapaport said on the nfl network i think it was right after he was fired that the Titans said. Uh, well, we didn't ask Chip Kelly because he was under contract, and that's why he didn't want it. Well, he's not under contract anymore. You're gonna hate it, but I'm making a bold prediction saying that it's it's either gonna be Chip Kelly or Josh McDaniels that's gonna coach the Titans next year.
1: All right, all right. I'm gonna I go do, I do that. hate that. I think I think,
5: <laughs> I think Josh McDaniels. I think he would be a good fit for them. Mariota's a young quarterback. McDaniels would develop him. The best way possible. And you see it in preseason with the Patriots when Garoppolo comes in. There's a lot of bootleg. There's a lot of Garoppolo moving in the pocket. And I think Mariota can do that I mean, he was drafted second overall for a reason. He's a very good football player, and I think he will be very good. And I think McDaniels can make him very good. Plus, you get to go there, hopefully beat the Colts twice, and then beat Bill O'Brien twice, and you're obviously now the best Bill Belichick protege.
3: Um, As far as the Titans go, I think Malarkey does deserve a shot at it just because, um, just because I think that he's done a pretty good job with Marcus Mariota this season uh, or when, he, when he had a coach him, you know, starting and he's <clears> starting <throat> and not hurt. Um, as far as the next is the Tennessee Titans, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chip Kelly come into town, but Tennessee knew it was good for them and they'd stay away from him. Um, basically just on the fact that he obviously would happen to Philadelphia this last year. Um, I don't know who else is planning on doing this. There's 14 people. That's, that's quite a bit of people. Maybe uh, Adam Gates, the offensive, offensive coordinator for Chicago, might be a name worth throwing out there. Uh, he helped fix the color this season, so who knows what he can do with the Mark Mariota, who still needs, I think, some development, but he's done a pretty good job as an NFL starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, I obviously think they're going with the offense here. Marriott is the key component of this team. And then you have uh, Dick LeBeau on defense. I think you need to keep him, go offensively. But there's a lot of offensive coordinators right now. Um, Hugh Jackson, you mentioned Adam Gase. Uh, Mike Shula, Josh McDaniel, um, Todd Haley. All guys that uh, could end up there and... Uh, No, me and Rich are no longer friends for just bringing up Chip Kelly in the Titans conversation. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm
2: telling you. Speaking
1: of Chip Kelly, the Eagles, uh, of course, fired him last week. Um, And so now the Eagles have the opening. Not a lot of word yet on what they plan on doing, or at least that I've seen. Uh, But my one question was this. Do you think that it was um, a shot at, uh, a shot at him like the week before the season dropping Chip Kelly firing him one week before the season's end
5: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think you're making something I think you're making it public for a reason. I think you're proving a point and I think that you're just running him out of the NFL. I I I think that's yeah, I think it is. I think it's a I think it is a punch. Uh
4: I,
2: I, I'm gonna agree with there too. I, I think they slapped him in the face. I don't know that firing him was the right thing. I think he was probably gonna leave either way. So I'm kind of with Amos on this one.
3: Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a punch too. He is, he really did. And I know that some people want to say, "Oh, it was just one year. They should give him another chance." But he really did ruin the team. I think uh, trading away a lot of trading away LeSean McCoy, letting on and Sean Jackson walk out the door, and to me, that's just inexcusable, and I think that the Eagles had every right to fire him and embarrass him because he embarrassed that team and pretty much made him a giant dumpster fire this season. So I don't feel bad for Chip Kelly. The guy has no people skills. Um, he clearly doesn't want the best players in his team to help him win. He says he trades for Sam Bradford. Uh, he he picks up DeMarco Murray, who doesn't fit his system. He made some bad moves, and he, he deserved to be fired. And I'm surprised he, he got before the last before the last game of the season because he was just fitting.
5: Those are all... I guess the Eagles are going after uh, Kansas City's offensive coordinator, what was it Peterson or something? I guess they're going after him pretty hard.
2: Yeah, his, yeah, his name's been thrown out there. I saw a couple college coaches been thrown out there as well. So, no, I, I don't. Th- I think the Eagles don't even know where they're going with this one just yet.
1: No, I, I completely agree. And then you also have to throw in uh, John Gruden because he is talked about with every single coaching hire of the last like five years. You have to have John <laughs> Gruden in there. It's like a rule now. Um, all right, moving on to the Browns. Browns getting their forty-sixth head coach since last year. Um, the Browns have really struggled. The coaching turnover is—I mean—it's constant. It's a constant thing. Um, in Cleveland, uh, it does seem like every three, four years you're guaranteed to have a new coach, uh, and that's even stretching it at this point. Uh, Mike Pettine or Pettitine or however you say his name is out, um, and then they're, now they're bringing in instead of hiring the general manager first, they're going to hire the coach first, and then hire the general manager. Strange situation. Uh, my question to you guys is: Do you think this turmoil is going to end soon? Do you think that the Browns can bring in somebody that can right this ship and bring the team uh, back to the way they they were before? Uh, you know, the team left for Baltimore.
2: No, and I'm going to tell you why. They had a chance to get Josh McDaniels. He didn't want nothing to do with them. Every time they get a coach that comes in there. They don't ever give the coaches any kind of control of that football team. That That's why Josh McDaniels told him no. He was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, look, I know Ray Farmer's gone, and we blasted him pretty hard about him not having a notebook. I, I just don't see them getting a, a top-quality coach to come in there because you look at it, they have not had a stable position at, the, at quarterback in God knows how long now. Yeah, I think it was Derek Anderson that took him to the playoffs, what, back in 2000, I want to say six or seven or something like that. Outside of that, you trade Brian Hoyer, who is now in the play, or you get rid of Brian Hoyer, I'm sorry, who's now in the playoffs as a starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. You know, Ray Farmer has pretty much destroyed this team. So it's going to be, you're going to have to get a younger coach to come in here and take this one over, I think, because it's going to be a long rebuilding process for them.
5: Yeah, I agree. I think you're going to have to get a younger coach to come in there too. And I think you're going to have to – I I don't think any experienced GM is going to go there, for, come out of retirement or anything. I don't think it's worth going there and having to deal with the position that the Browns are in. now. So I think it's going to be a young GM, a young coach, and I think it'll be a year at least, maybe two, until this team kind of figures anything out about who they are.
3: As far as the Browns go, this, this team needs a, it's another reboot, and it's unfortunate, but I think it kind of starts with the ownership of the team. They, they haven't made some good decisions in hiring. Um, Ray Farmer, to me, was just a, a horrible GM, and he didn't do a good job. And I think the Johnny Manziel situation definitely hurts the, the GM and the coach, and I think he'll definitely be gone next year. But I don't know who's going to coach this team because Who's going to want to coach him is, is the first question, because they have almost no talent on offense. They have really no receivers outside of Josh Gordon, who has spent it all year. Their running backs aren't that great. And defensively, they've got some good pieces, but the problem is that the team has so much to work on and fix. The only way I think the team is able to get a good coach is if they go and give the Saints what they're asking for, a second-round pick for Sean Payton. Now, I think it's possible because, remember, they were trying to shop Joe Thomas during the season. If they can shop him for a first-round pick... For this year's draft, and maybe like a later pick in, in the same draft for next year's draft. They can use a second-round pick. They can afford at that point to go get Sean Payton, which I think they're going to do. They're going to go after Sean Payton, but this Browns team is just a complete disarray, and I, I don't know who's going to want to come in and coach them. I I had no coaching experience, and I wouldn't want to coach them. Even if they pay me $5, five million a year, I want to coach them because it's a stressful job.
1: All right, speed round. Just yes or no question right here. Uh, 49ers have fired Jim Tom Sula. Is this unfair that he only got one year to play Rich? Or one year to coach, excuse me?
2: Yes. Yes. They're trying to, I'm going to say this real quick, they're trying to blame the coach for a decimated team. That was not fair at all. You should have gave him another year but that's just my two cents. What
5: yeah, you think? I agree. I, I think he got thrown under the bus on this one.
3: Yeah, this is the York family's fault. They should have just—they should have never listened to Deion Sanders to complained about Harbaugh last season. But that's just my opinion.
1: All right, the Giants, of course, uh, the last one here and probably the biggest news: uh, Tom Coughlin resigns, uh, and now that they're going to have a, an opening for the first time since 2003. That you know they've had a con- consistency at, at the head coach for quite some time now. Um, but they felt it was time to move on. It, it seemed like Coughlin seemed like it was time to move on. Uh, the Giants are an enticing place to go right now um, for someone that's out there. But I got quick breaking news. Um, the Colts have signed Chuck Pagano to an extension. It just uh, came down a few okay. minutes ago while we were talking. So Pagano gets the extension. They called the press conference earlier today, um, and then they delayed it and then they said there wasn't going to be a press conference, and now they're coming out uh, giving Pagano the extension. Uh, do you think this is a, a good idea? No.
2: I think they need to get rid of John. No, I think – I'm going to say yes because I think it's Ryan Grigson, not Chuck Pagano. I think Ryan Grigson's is a problem. You get rid of Ryan Grigson, the Colts start winning again.
3: Think it's a good idea because you look at you look at it like this chuck Pagano was pretty much thrown to the wolves this season with some really awful quarterback play at times um, quarterback injuries they signed two aging players who i thought would actually do good in this system they haven't fixed the offensive line which has more holes than swiss cheese okay and their run defense is i don't know what to make of the colt's defense some weeks it's good some weeks it's not this team it's not chuck Pagano's fault this guy has done so much for this team and for them to kick him to the, if they had kicked him to the crib after this season, he'd probably be, able to be better off going to another team. But Jim Irsay needs to get his head out of his rear end, too, because the ownership and in the in the GM of this team have, have, are trying to ruin Chuck McGonald's career, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, and just comment on your Grigson comment. They have said that his job is safe right now, uh, that he's not going to be fired, that he'll be back uh, wow. next season as well. Um, And one quick thing. Jim Mersey
2: is an idiot on that point.
1: (laughs) One quick thing before we move on to bums and studs. I'm calling it right here, right now. Sean Payton will be the next head head coach of the New York Giants. Uh, I'm
3: with you there. I'm with you.
5: Uh, Giants have a defensive pedigree. They'll stick with defense.
2: All right, uh, bums and studs of the week, real quick. Uh, believe it or not, Patriots fans, my bum of the week, not because you got we played bad, is for the reason the New England Patriots, whoever's decision it was to lead Tom Brady in that football game and let him hand off ninety nine percent of the time with a first seat on the line, knowing that you're going to run the football, you get my bum of the week. Uh, my studs of the week goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Well done, nine game winning streak, nine to ten game winning streak. Peter.
3: All right, bum of the week. Oh man, this is a tough call, but I'm gonna have to go with that Bummenberger. I mean Mettenberger. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Just 0-10 in the NFL as a starter, just atrocious. And as far as my set of the set of the week, um, I'm gonna go with whoever was calling the place for the Philadelphia Eagles. Way to go! They they really showed up and um, they they uh, they beat the Giants. And unfortunately, it's Tom coughing out on a on a negative note. But that's really more of the Giants' fault, and uh, that's why I blasted them earlier on the show. They're bums too. amos
5: uh my bum of the week is going to be the jaguars the entire team like i get it, it's week 17 but come on man you guys get leash up to play <laughs> and my studs going to be jj watt three sacks forced fumble i mean he did great
1: i'm gonna go with uh my bum and stutter both head coaches both from the same division and played each other this weekend uh, my stud of the week goes to Rex Ryan. Uh, way to do it! You beat your old team. Uh, way to do it! I mean, it's, it's impressive. He's, he's got to be happy with that. Uh, bum of the week, uh, Todd Boyle's clock management, play calling. Um, this is one of the worst teams I've seen. The worst games I've seen the Jets play all year. Uh, unbelievable that they lose and keep themselves out of the playoffs. And congratulations to Rex Ryan for that win.
2: You a gotta I see the care. little inside joke about Rick Rex Ryan's all I can still ruin the Jets playoffs hopes, even though I'm not there. Alright, that's about all the time we have yep. for tonight. Uh, stay tuned for the Nash & Mash show and the brand new I think it's, what did they say the name of the baseball show was?
1: The Stretch.
2: Uh, there's a baseball. The Stretch. That's what it is. Thank you, Ryan, for reminding me of that. Uh, we will see uh, Ryan and Amos will see you guys tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. We'll be back with the debate show on Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday is going to be the playoff preview. Friday is the free-for-all. I hope you guys enjoy the free-for-all as much as we do. Uh, We will see you guys tomorrow night. Have a good evening. Take us out.
5: Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear?